Good evening, everyone. It's good to be with you all virtually, even though we can't be together. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. About a week ago, I had a minor meltdown. The reality of this new era of pandemic was really starting to sink in with its ambient anxiety of being in a world of fear and grief. The news then was what it is now, inescapable and terrible. And yet I kept scrolling, refreshing, addicted to the bad news, unable to focus at whatever task was at hand. The thing I kept thinking was that I am not up to whatever this pandemic is going to require of me. I felt inadequate as a pastor, as a member of our community here at Richmond Hill, as a partner, a citizen, a daughter. Has anyone else felt like this at any time during this last month? Mid-meltdown, I called a friend of mine from Divinity School, who is also in the ordination process for ministry, hoping that she could remind me how competent I am, how adequate. And she, instead, she said some iteration of the following. Lindsay, remember that God works through inadequate people. God works through inadequate people. At first, I was a little annoyed, like, what? No, you were supposed to tell me how awesome I am. But then the relief of her words washed over me. God works through people like me. I am enough. We are all, most of us, in inadequately trained for being human in a global pandemic. We don't know how to do this. To parent in a months-long quarantine? To be suddenly unemployed without income to put food on your table? To be suddenly employed in a way that puts you in danger? To teach or pastor or study remotely? To navigate fear of sickness on a trip to the grocery store? Or the fear of inadvertently making someone else ill? to be active citizens and good neighbors when we can't leave our homes. This is hard. But the love of God works through people like you. You are enough. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians from our reading this evening, he reminds them that though they may not be wise or powerful, though they may be foolish, that they too are enough. His letter testifies to the foolish nature of our faith. Faith feels foolish right now. It probably felt foolish to those early Christians. It sometimes feels like it would be wiser, perhaps, to be cynical, to be afraid. There is indeed so much to fear. We're reading Paul's letter at the beginning of Holy Week. We know what is ahead. We started this week in a procession led by a donkey and we are headed to an execution on a cross. And we call it all holy. 
This is foolish. But Paul does not call the Corinthians foolish to put them down. He does it to remind them of the power of this foolish message of the cross. To remind them that there is more power in surrender than there is in control. That there is more power in mutuality and solidarity than there is in dominance. That there is more power in grace than there is in punishment and that there is more power in love than there is in fear. It is Holy Week and we are indeed headed to the cross. We are also in a global pandemic and it's likely going to get worse before it gets better. This pandemic has compacted and exacerbated existing anxieties of our lives and existing inequalities in our communities. It can be tempting at these times to become more insecure, to become more fearful. But we are called to follow Jesus, to see the world clearly in all its brokenness and to love each other anyway, to allow God's love to move through us. And just as we have faith that Easter will come, that Christ will rise, we must have faith that we too will rise and we will rise transformed. So how are you? You who are inadequate, exhausted, anxious perhaps, yet holy enough. How are you called to love this broken world into something better, kinder, more just? To love it into something transformed? May you do so with the help of God. Amen.